Welcome back to the Enduring Churches Podcast. I'm Alan and I'm here with Trent. We are so excited to be with you today. Thank you for taking time um, to tune in um, to, to today's podcast. And Trent, we've got something that's really important for us to talk about today. It's uh, something that can come up and cause a lot of problems in our lives. So Trent, tell us a little bit about what that is. Yeah, you know, uh, Alan, over, over the last couple of years, I've had to start taking a lot of pills. Um, and I never took any pills in my whole life until just the last couple of years. But, you know, there are some things that um, as ministers, we love to preach to others about, but we sometimes struggle with that. And it, it, it this idea of unforgiveness is what we want to talk about today. And so when we have that attitude of unforgiveness, it's like taking a poison pill um, and it, it affects us badly. And so we want to talk through that a little bit and uh, get you to think through in your ministry, is there something or someone that, that is keeping you from experiencing joy because you're holding on to unforgiveness? And uh, I think it really can affect your church, Alan. So we want to talk through this today. Yeah, it, it's hard, you know, and there's probably a difference. We've all been burned. If you've been in ministry long enough, you, you've been burned, you've been hurt. Um, and sometimes people let those hurts dictate how they behave and, and how they move forward in ministry. And, you know, we we need to be people who are, who are ready to forgive. You know, I remember not long ago, well, it's been a while, but I had someone come to me who had, had wronged me and it wronged my church, but did come back and ask for forgiveness. And, you know, they, in asking for forgiveness, they asked if they ever came back, if they would be welcome in the church. And, you know, I said, man, we would love to talk about that. Let's, let's approach that if that's where God leads. And so it's an important conversation. It's one we need to have and, and one we need to keep close uh, to us because there's been other times where I've been hesitant to certainly uh, forgive others for what they've done. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. And, you know, I've been reading in several passages recently where Jesus talks about that God wants mercy. He desires for us to have show mercy. Um, and it's hard. Uh, you know, it's easy to talk about and it's hard to practice to show mercy to other people, you know, when they have hurt us when they've done us wrong. And and, um, you know, we would much rather do the opposite of what Jesus was talking about. It's like, OK, you got a sacrifice to show me that you've really changed, you know, <laughs> instead of uh, us showing mercy to them and giving them the opportunity. So, um, you know, I, Alan, you mentioned or you wrote down a, a quote that I think is really good on here. And so would you mind reading that for us? Yeah, you know, it's uh, Henry Ward Beecher. And what I remember about him is my grandparents had a quote, a different quote from his up, up in their house. Um, but he said this, I can forgive, but I can't forget is another way of saying I will not forgive. Forgiveness ought to be like a canceled note torn in two and burned up so that it can never be shown against one. And I thought, man, that's that's a really, a really good statement. It's a powerful statement when you really when you really think about it. Yeah, I agree. You know, Jesus was asked how many times we're supposed to forgive, and he gives this crazy number. You know, they're asking, it's like, okay, like seven times, right? Okay, just a few times. I'll let people slide a few times, but he's like, no, this, 
and it's not about 490 times because I, if that were the case, I'd be like, okay, 480, boy, you're just almost to the edge. I will never forgive you again, yeah. you know, yeah. but that's not the point. Right. Right. So, yeah, we, we're yeah. supposed to just go over the top and being quick to forgive. And when, when someone asks mm -hmm. for it, you know, and I, you know, I think for, we, we often talk about the downsides of our culture and, all these kinds of things. But I do think that that's something that we see in our culture. There's a, a lot of desire of people to have a forgiving spirit. And it doesn't mean it's easy, but we, but we are um, a culture that, that does tend to value the idea of redemption and forgiveness. And that can be a positive thing, but, but it's when it's not present in ministry, but it's present in other places, it becomes a problem. Yeah. Boy, yeah, when when other places are showing what the Lord wants more than ministers are, that's that is a problem. And so let's let's talk through this, Alan. Uh, we've got some three things that how unforgiveness can affect your ministry and your church. And so we want to kind of talk through that before we talk about how you can forgive and, and the things that we as ministers especially need to do. But so, Alan, what is the first thing that you know, we talk about poison. How does this poison our ministry? Yeah, you know, um, and Trent, thanks for putting the note together for today. But it talks about poisoning our hearts, you know, and we're, we're unable to show grace. And I, I think it even goes further, Trent. I think we're unable to live in the grace in which we profess. You know, yesterday mm -hmm. I was preaching a message about how important it is for, for our faith to not just be a matter of our head, but it's, it's a, really a heart issue. And, mm -hmm. you know... When our hearts are poisoned, that really means God can't really work in our life. And there's there's just no there's not going to be spiritual growth where there's a lack of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You you've definitely kind of submarined your faith development at that point in time. Oh, that's so good. I was talking to a, a person recently that's been going through cancer treatments and they take chemo, which to me that is just poison, you know, and I from talking to nurses and doctors, that's really what it is. And, and it, they were talking about how that poison scars your veins and, and it gets to be where those veins and your blood vessels don't work right. And I think that sometimes when we hold on to unforgiveness, it does the same thing. It burns our heart. It calluses our heart is what scripture kind of talks about to where we, we, you're right. We don't, really understand or we don't live in the grace that God has shown us and we certainly don't aren't as quick to show that mercy and grace to other people as well so we get to the have that calloused heart not only about God but about other people too yeah and that's a that's a sad truth uh, that we we can live in there we don't want our church to, to behave that way we don't want our church to be characterized by that but it will if we hold on to that unforgiveness well, Trent, what's a, what's a, what else will it poison? It doesn't only poison our hearts. What else can it poison? Well, I've seen in me sometimes it's awful easy for my tongue to become poisoned and the things that I, you know, because I think about the things that I want to say. And I, I, what really is always so frustrating, Alan, is that the things I want to say and tell somebody off, I never can think of at the right time, <laughs> which is probably good. That's probably mercy from God, right? You know, yes, um, yes. So it's, I think it's it probably good. 
it's probably good there's a little George Costanza in us that we can't ever think of it at the right time. Yeah, go back and, right. and re-say it. But but yeah, our, our our words can can certainly become poison over time, and we just say say things that are mean and hurtful, and it and it shows. You know, when you when you have unforgiveness, there's an anger and a biting nature to you, mm-hmm. and and people pick up on that. And it, it's just, it's like everything you say. And so you, you, if you're a pastor and you're holding unforgiveness, you're going to lose credibility in the pulpit. You can mm-hmm. say a lot of things, but people are going to look at you and, and not really trust what you're saying because again, your, your words have become poisonous and that's, that's a real yeah. problem. I think you're right, Alan. And I, because they see you the way that you speak when you're not in the pulpit, right? And if you're, you know, talking badly about other people and you're seeing, you're saying things and then it doesn't match up with what the message of God's word, it's going to be really tough for them to take you at face value. And so, um, and, and I've seen it in me, Alan, that, that you're right. We become just angry at all the time. I remember going to a basketball game my son was playing in. And it was like, not a big deal, but I just reamed this ref, you know, he's like a high school kid, you know, and I'm, I'm giving him the what for. And so I had to, I had to go and apologize after the game because I was, it was terrible. You know, I was just being a jerk, but it it does overflow in us. Yes. Yeah. The best thing that ever happened to me and me and watching basketball games was to become a coach and have a code of conduct that I had to follow. Um, when I was at high school basketball games, it kind of it kind of changed everything um, for me there. But it's amazing that when I had one, how I could follow it. Why why do we not have our own? Why do we not have a code of conduct? You know, and we maybe, and we should. You know, yeah. maybe we should hand that out at our church. You know, and people yeah. come in here's a code of conduct. <laughs> yes, no no doubt about it. Of course, I think they we used to have them, but it said don't dance and. And don't play pool, and, and uh, by all means, don't go to a swim pool. So, oh my um, gosh. It, anyway, but yeah, yeah. Well, it so if it poisons our hearts and it poisons our tongues, then obviously it's going to um, poison the picture that our church uh, paints mm-hmm. of itself. And so, yeah. So, what does that mean? Well, you know, when you think of there's so many things that we do that are really to be a God gives us the opportunity to act out our testimony, um, like baptism. We get to act out what's happened to us in our lives. Um, And and so when we get to the point where our our minds are consumed by unforgiveness, then the picture that we show our church on a daily basis and during worship, it's not going to jive with what we're supposed to be doing. It's not going to jive with God's word. So I, I think it really does overflow, you know, it, when that is starts seeping up in our hearts and it poisons our heart, it overflows to our tongues and then it overflows to everything that we do in our churches, the way that we talk with our staff, the way we talk with our leadership, the way that we um, eventually talk in the pulpit. Yeah. And probably even the way we go out and we try to do outreach, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes, it becomes, um, it lacks a sincerity um, that it should have, and people will pick up on that. So that probably leads us into some things that we need to recognize or some steps that we need to take 
into forgiving. And so Trent, the kind of the first thing there would deal with that, that's that double standard that we're talking about, that God forgives us, but God forbid that I forgive you. Right. (laughs) And we want to tell our people, right? We're preaching, hey, you guys need to forgive. And and there, but when we're pointing at them, there's three fingers at least pointing back to us saying, hey, okay, let's be genuine about this and, and say, okay, I'm going to work on forgiving. And so will you also work on forgiving? And so there is a double standard sometimes if we're not willing to work on this. And we're talking to our folks about doing that too. Yeah, that's just it's just so true. The the double standards, that's that you know, we have another word for that. It's called hypocrisy. And it's not a very pleasant word, but it's it's a word we need to recognize and we need to see that in ourselves. I I have been hypocritical at times in my life, uh, Trent. Um probably more so than you. <laughs> but, but we've all We've all had those moments, I think, but we've got to recognize those. We've got to address those things in us, but we also need to recognize um, that forgiving people doesn't really change if you've been hurt. It doesn't change some of the things that have happened. It's a choice you make as to what you're going to do with those feelings regarding that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that sometimes when somebody has been hurt by another and we're preaching to them about forgiveness, um, they're thinking, but I've been hurt. I've been I've been really hurt. And and we so we need to if we're the person who's been hurt, we need to recognize, hey, yes, absolutely. I've been hurt. It's real. Um, And when we're talking about forgiveness, it's like, okay, this isn't something you can just get rid of. And by our act of forgiveness doesn't say that person was less of a jerk at that time, but we're supposed to be acting out the grace that that God gave to us and, and giving that same thing to others. Yeah. I mean, and different things have different consequences. I mean, you can forgive someone who's committed a crime against you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the consequences of the choices that they've made are going away. And, you know, there's been many stories written about some of those types of events where people have gone the extra mile to show forgiveness and how impactful that has actually been. But again, sometimes those consequences uh, linger and they can linger, you know, in a, in a church. If someone has someone has caused division in the church and has been asked to leave the church, you can forgive that person. But it also it means that they may not be allowed back for some reason. So um, that is certainly, um, it's, it's not that one necessarily does away with the other, um, but yeah. it's just the, a, a choice again on our side. What are we going to do with our feelings in that situation? Yeah, you know, Alan, there's uh, the scripture that says that um, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Um, and we want to say, yeah, okay, God, you can have yours, but I'm going to have mine too. Um, and you know, and so this is, we have to be willing to let go of that. Um, and you know, the whole idea of this topic that we're talking about is the, uh, you know, the thought that a unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're wanting the other person to suffer and, um, and that's hard to let go of. 
because when somebody does something wrong to us, we want to hang on to that. We want to have our vengeance. We want our meet out our our uh, punishment, but um, it it just affects us most of the time. So, yeah, because it's not dependent on how they respond to it, right? I mean, you can forgive oh, yeah. someone who doesn't forgive you because sometimes it's a situation where you both feel like you've been wronged by the other person. And, you know, I, I remember someone who left my church angry, 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 angry with me, feeling like I was just preaching against them because my whole ministry, I preached about spiritual depth is measured by obedience, not by what we know. And mm -hmm. this person would always say, well, we just need to be deeper. We need more Bible studies. We don't, you know, and would tell people that she didn't that she didn't feel that her life mattered so much as long as she was just teaching Bible studies. And uh, I told her, I said, just teaching a Bible study doesn't mean anything if you're not living it out, if you're not applying that. And right. I, I would say something, say something in our church about, you know, the importance of obedience. And she thought that I was always preaching against her. Well, that was easy to forgive. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry you felt like I was picking you out. I'm not. You know, this is something that I believe is scriptural and is important. But, you know that forgiveness was not a two-way street on that you know yeah so easy for me to forgive but not easy for her to forgive but that's her choice you know mm -hmm. yeah you're right and and yeah we don't want their actions their reactions their attitudes to affect our entire life because then we're just being held captive uh, by someone else instead we're forgiveness allows us to be set free no matter how they react, no matter how they respond, we are set free from that burden. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. So we have to recognize that forgiveness isn't dependent on someone else's attitude or their actions. So um, the, the fourth thing on that is um, to not bring up our past hurts anymore to ourselves, our family, and our church. Um, so this is this is that poisoning our tongue right uh so how do we how do we keep from doing that alan because it seems like it's be pretty easy to keep bringing it up yeah you, you just don't <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes it really is a matter of you know it out of sight out of mind um if, if you're going to talk about it and you're going to think about it all the time it's going to come to the surface and so you've got to re replace those thoughts and you know, the Bible talks about taking our thoughts captive. I think that's recognizing, oh, this is a thought. I'm not going to dwell there. I'm, I'm going to think about something else. I'm going to change change where my mind is moving and the direction it's going, and I'm going to, to push my thoughts outside. And when it comes in regards to your family, give them permission to call you out on it. You know, um, let it go to, to just, you know, go all, to go... Uh, all, all in on that, you know, to yeah, get, rid, gotta, get rid of that. We got to sing the song, let it go. Let yeah, it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People still don't like to hear me sing songs. So, <laughs> Well, you know, and you, you said something that I think is really key there earlier. You said replace those thoughts. Um, you can't just get rid of them because nature abhors a vacuum. It won't allow a vacuum to continue. And so the same thing is true in our lives and our hearts, isn't it, Alan? You've got to replace those with something else, something positive. 
Yeah, and, and maybe that's just looking at how God treats you. You know, maybe it's recognizing that, that, you know, we do not deserve the gift of salvation that God has given to us, that we are sinners and we're saved by his grace, we're saved by his mercy and his love for us. And so we need to remember that, that it's, it's undeserved. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's by talking to someone else who knows this person and cares for this person. Uh, but I think one other big thing is pray for them. It's really hard to hold unforgiveness for someone that you're praying sincerely for. And so start praying for those people. I agree, Alan. That's very scriptural. Uh, thank you for saying that. So our, our goal really is to encourage you not to be held captive by the past and the hurts that the people have placed on you. We recognize that some of those hurts have been very real. Right. Um, we don't want to lessen any of that at all, but it's holding you captive and it's poisoning your life if you hang on to those things. And especially us as ministers, we, we need to be able to preach the whole the whole of Scripture. And sometimes when we're affected by something, we won't we'll avoid that topic because it's too painful for us. And so. Your church needs all of scripture preached and you, so you need to be able to let go of some things and show forgiveness. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, don't poison your ministry. Uh, let God work in it. And forgiveness is, is something that we've experienced and it's something that we should be quick to offer ourselves. So we hope this helps you out. You know, we've all been burned. We hope this is just an encouragement to remind us of some truths that the Bible teaches us um, and, and how we can deal with some of those practical situations. We want you to know that we are here for you. Maybe you're struggling um, with some hurt in ministry and we're here to walk alongside you. Um, we'd love to talk with you and, and maybe even give you some insight or, or, or guidance or get you into some, some folks who can give you insight and guidance into your situation. But we are here for you. Um, you can reach us at, at, our, at our website at EnduringChurches.com. You can email us, Alan, at EnduringChurches.consulting, Trent, at EnduringChurches.consulting. Um, you can connect with us on our Facebook page. But we would love to hear from you if we can be of any help to you at all. And uh, we are grateful um, that you take time to listen um, to our podcast. If you would, do something for us. Uh, if you found this helpful in any way, uh, please share that with someone you know who's in ministry, someone who's serving, um, so that we can walk alongside them as well. Trent, do you have any final words for us today? Well, I want to encourage our folks, if you're just now finding out about the Enduring Churches podcast, we've got over 150 different episodes uh, there in the library for you. Go back and listen to some of those other things. You can learn about the Coyote Principle, and you can learn about Pastor Poker and all kinds of things. And, man, there's some great interviews. And so we just want you to know that there's some other good stuff out there. Um, if you are in one of those times when you're stuck in the house or you're driving for a long time, it's a great time to binge on the Enduring Churches podcast. Binge so, listen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if is it right for us to encourage binging I, that seems wrong but anyway yeah <laughs> but we're so thankful that you've taken time to listen to us today and we really do want to be a servant to you to help you so thank you again please share this if you would 
God bless you all and tune in next time to the Enduring Churches podcast.